butt shaking. I'm pumped because today we're going on with an amazing guest of mine that if you take a look, I was just on his incredible show. This show's about 300 episodes. You ready for this? His show is 800 episodes. Freaking incredible, right? You need to check this out. Thrive Loud is the podcast and the host is Lou Diamond, which is here with me right now. What's shaking, Lou? Oh man, we get to get to do the other half of the home and home and listeners just be prepared. We know each other already where I even knew what outfit to wear for this particular episode. As you can tell, we matched up on black t-shirts. All I'm missing is neon purple in the background and uh, much better hair. You've got the lime green though, which I like. I do. Well, it's, yeah. it's, we call it the thrive green or is more, more of late. We've called it the speakeasy green. Cause you know, there's the for speakeasy the book, for yeah. the new book that came out. So yeah. So we're, we're, we're kind of focused on all, all that stuff. <laughs> you, know, it, we, you know, we got a branding thing going on here. for Happy sure. What I'm excited about is because, you know, I, uh, this is the, the reverse, right? The flip flop of when I was just on your show, which again, thank you for having me on. It was such an awesome convo. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And you, you, br- you brought the energy. Great story. And I have not looked at a Best Buy the same since. Just I bet, be man. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> They're very different these days. I really don't like walking into them anymore. I, tw- I twitch sure. a little. Yes. Yeah, it gets but a little nervous ting. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm excited to talk to you about, about your show, about your book. Yeah, and th- those are a couple of things because, I mean, first, of course, 800 episodes is just huge. You know? and yeah. How and many really years crazy? now? <laughs> it's, it's so funny you say that. Uh, we're, we're, we're in the fifth year of the show and it started off like, you know, most podcast shows do one show a week and it gained some popularity Guilty. really quickly. And yeah. And then we, we went to two shows a week and then, and then what was still happening was there was such demand for people to want to come on the program and promote themselves. I got really tired of getting on the show with somebody in April and saying, Hey, this is great. This will be coming out during Christmas uh, because we're queued up for every single week. And I felt that for some reason, three was the right number. Uh, we came up with a formula. I think you and I maybe even talked about it on how we market the show for certain targets. And, and, and a lot of my clients have been on. If you were to have told me, though, that the show would have over 800 episodes, I would have hosted several other podcast programs that are out there in podcast sphere and inside the walls of large corporations where I'm either executive producing or hosting the show, the number of podcast episodes that I've produced is close to 2000. Oh That's God. the number that'll be there. So for, for five plus years, it has grown into uh, something that my wife says, either it's an obsession and a hobby or a passion and a pretty thriving business. So um, I'm hoping it's more of the latter. Than the yeah, former. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it could be both, you know, cause it's, <laughs> it is a little bit. Of both, yeah, yeah. It, which is what it's supposed to be. Right. And there's a, there was one time a, uh, a former mentor of mine, and there's a reason that this one is a former mentor once told me that, you know, you, you can never run a, a super successful, large business and impact a lot of people in their spirit and in their soul you know and it it was really around like church and ministry and that kind of stuff and i was just Mm -hmm. like in that moment it's like you know flipping them off you know watch me (laughs) that was really what it was you know which is how it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a combo of both of those things man i I also think it also sets something up really important and i think you and, and kudos to you as well this platform is awesome and your show is great and i think something you and i both love about what this forum enables us to do. And that is it enables us to connect through incredible conversations with great people. Yeah. And 
And that's kind of the work that I do. And that's literally everything all mished together. And that's why I love having the opportunity to meet and connect and have these great conversations. And so much happens, not just in the conversation with the individual I'm speaking with. I've had listeners send me messages about an episode inquiring about the guest that was on and asking, can I connect with that guest? Or I love the message that you talked about. And, and the opposite saying, I love where you went. I felt like I wanted to ask the next question when you were asking those things. So that, that you're getting a community of people that is taking the content that you're bringing to the world. And what Thrive Loud is about are those that are thriving in their lives, their businesses, and their passions, which is why Rick is a perfect person who lives and breathes his Thank you, brother. technology, security, and all these multiple hats that he has. And whenever there's a, you know, a technical cyber breakthrough, every network is calling him up. He's showing up on News Nation and he's everywhere. And they're like, he's, he's the only one not wearing a suit. I mean, all, all of that stuff is real, is real important because you've become, you've made this a brand and it's helped to extend your brand. On top of that, you're putting great content out on the world. And all of that is what makes, in my mind, a connected culture of why podcasting is so much fun and so great. So I have to give applause to you and everyone else. Thank that you, brother. Does what yeah. do. It's a lot of fun. I, I love how you're hitting on a lot of these points because I start to think of, you know, the last two years and how there were so many different podcasts that were started, right? Because everybody wanted to, everybody was locked in their house. And I, I was like, cool, this is awesome. And at the same time, on the, at the back of my head, I'm like, let's see how many actually last past, yeah. past seven episodes. A lot. A, a lot of people pod fade is that term, right? You know, the pod fading effect. They they start like six, seven episodes and then they go, wow, this is a lot of work. <laughs> yep, for sure. But uh, I, get, I give kudos to those who, who actually try it, right? And oh, yeah. uh, at least the ones anyways, because they could figure out that it's a lot of work and it is a lot of work. I mean, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of resources that go into it too. I mean, as I'm sure you have a, a great team that does things. I have a team that goes into this show too, you know, all yeah. the way down to a publicist that puts this out there to where news anchors listen to my show now, you know, which is mind blowing to me that it's come this far. And at the same time, I think back to how you're talking, you were describing like a passion and a pretty thriving business. Uh, and yeah. for anyone looking at this, it's like, if that's not your, your motivation, if you're just, like, I'm going to make a million dollars this year, starting a podcast, that's the wrong intention right out of the right. gate. Well, well, that's a great lesson. And in fact, uh, I'm often called in, and I bet you are too. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, people who are looking to start a podcast, or they've just started a podcast, and they don't—they haven't seen the revenue or the—they haven't seen the brand of the podcast turn into the dollars that they initially hoped for, or maybe some production company had told them that this is where they could head to. And, and I and I want to have a message to all these people. One, have a little patience. I yeah. think it took me about 150 episodes until I can figure out, wait a minute, I know how to make money in this thing now, or I know how to utilize this to promote my own brand and my own message. And a lot of people are trying to, there's a great expression, um, don't compare someone else's middle with your beginning. And, and I think that that's a really important thing when you're starting something new, whether, whether you're a first-time book publisher, a new podcaster, an entrepreneur, there's a lot of glitz and sexiness that you see, and, and social media will only am amplify it even more. If you have a passion for something, try as hard as you can to put blinders on and focus on what you do and work on that and, and specialize and hone in on that craft. And then you'll be able to see the success. No one ever sees 
the the earlier episodes of Thrive Loud where I lost recordings because they were technical difficulties, or <laughs> I interviewed yeah. I interviewed Jackie the Joke Man Martling in his home in Long Island, and there was a lawnmower outside, and I was freaking out because nobody would ever hear the episode. Didn't really matter, but <laughs> that's the, hilarious. The, the general, yeah, the general point is that it's real important to understand in this journey that there is for everybody a right lane and a right focus. And if you stick with something that you love and you're really good with it, uh, it, it can turn into something not only that is that passion project that turned into a business, which it, this has for me, but it turned into something else, which I didn't ever expect. Uh, and, and if the one gift that podcasting has given me is one, it's really what is the engine behind where Speakeasy came from because 800 plus summit episodes and Thrive Loud and thousands of other conversations, I became this expert conversationalist. And I decoded how you can connect in every conversation. And that came from the things that you and I are doing. And a lot of the lessons that great conversationalists, great interviewers, and, and great communicators have is the ability to utilize the center of where every connection in our lives begins. And that's at a conversation and in a conversation. So this skill set, which was to promote my speaking business, and to promote my consulting work that I do, I'm a sales and marketing consultant by day, and I speak and write about connecting. That's by so night. sexy, by the way. Thanks, isn't it? Right? <laughs> yeah. I know. It sales is. and marketing yeah. consultant <laughs> by day. Yes, it's so sexy. But the but the but the Connect real with work me on that LinkedIn. I <laughs> exactly. You know, please come now. You know, the other problem is, I mean, I joke about this. You and I have the same thing. You could look if go search how many people have the word speaker in oh, yeah. their title in LinkedIn. Uh, and I want to make it clear that, that 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 is a way that I make my living. So it is difficult. You can't quite take it off. Uh, but I feel proud, and this will bring this whole conversation to this point of the conversation to a head. I feel proud to say that I'm a podcaster. And, and yeah. before I probably didn't, because I can legitimately validate that not only I'm a podcaster, but I've actually utilized this medium to create great content that is helping others grow their business, connect, engage, and win in everything they do. So I'm literally using this vehicle on both sides of the microphone in a way to help others thrive. And that and that's kind of exciting for me. Dude, you put it so eloquently, all of it for real. Thank you. For, Thank you. So 150 episodes, and I caught that, you know, when you said don't compare, which by the way, I'm going to use that forever. Don't compare someone's middle to your start or your beginning. And 150 yeah. episodes in is when you actually figured out how to make money on it, right? How how yeah. far were you along? Because I know Speakeasy is relatively new, right? Yeah. When, when did you think I'm going to make a I'm going to write a book about what I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, so so let's I'll give the rewind here and I'll, and yeah. I'll bring you up to speed and it's a pretty cool story and I'll and I'll do the best as I can. Uh, I worked on Wall Street uh, for many years and before that in consulting and professional services for a very long time. And my career had always been as strange as this. Be still this connect is. with them on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Go, in, thank you. In All sales and marketing. LinkedIn bios. Yeah, I know. Yes, LinkedIn you. bios. You can go look it up. Go connect <laughs> Formerly on, Wall connect Street. Yeah. You'll see all these stuff. You'll see Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, which was funny because I know you, you had done some yep. uh, server business with them. And, and I've always been that professional services person. And I felt I was missing out on something. Uh, I became really, really good and did really, really well in what I did on Wall Street, but it wasn't enough. And it wasn't just about the money, it, it, the money and the money was, was hard to come by, even though I'm not going to complain because at times it was very, very good. Uh, and so I was very successful in that space, but I wasn't happy and I didn't know why. And part of it was that 
I don't think I was really living my passion. I was doing what I, what I did, which was one of the things that I was really good at, was helping those around me become better salespeople, become better marketers. I had this ability to connect with people in a different way that wasn't the way that we had been taught to sell or taught to market. Yeah. It was a whole different way. With, in a long story short, and maybe even through an episode of trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, I ended up helping out a friend. I went to a trade show with him. He invited me to come out. Basically, I was moonlighting, which is what I'm saying unofficially here. It's not on my LinkedIn. <laughs> and when I did it... <laughs> moonlighting, you know, not in up. your bio? Not <laughs> in <laughs> my bio. And when I did it, Rick, I helped this guy close an incredible amount of business in one trade show, which led to like seven deals being done in 30 days, two at the trade show, five later. And he handed me a piece of paper and a pen on a plane and said, you need to tell the world what it is you do. Because I don't think that you think, Lou Diamond, what you do is unique. And I'm letting you know it is, and you need to share it with everyone. That became my first book, Rick, called Master the Art of Connecting. Hmm. And the irony of it was, I wrote a book, it got picked up, and I was doing TV spots and all the marketing that you would do. And I, this new thing called podcasting came out. And I started going on all these podcasts. And some of them were cool. Some of them were not. And I went on this one particular show and this guy literally handed me a script of questions that he wanted me to type out before the show. And then there was a rehearsal to practice reading what I wrote in those responses. <laughs> what? And that was what we were going to record <laughs> on the podcast. And in the rehearsal session, I ad-libbed from what I wrote because I am a speaker and I didn't think that that was what was so important and it didn't sound authentic. <laughs> is he smacking you or pausing? Well, I'm like, like, dude, in, you're not in reading. The third, in the third sentence of the fourth paragraph, you said the word the and there's an uh. I mean, like that was the level of detail. It was like going reading my, my audiobook had less scrutiny than this one. So I, I said to the guy, you know what? Do me a favor. Cancel the interview with this guest. I'm out of here. There's no way in the world I want this version of me to ever show up anywhere. And I left and I called this guy who had said to me, you have a great name. You have a really good voice. You should host your own podcast show. Do you have an idea what you'd want to do? And at that point, it clicked that I was going to create a show that was the exact opposite of what that guy's show was about. Everything that was authentic, pulling genuineness, realness, amazing people that I'm connected to. I want to understand and decode, not have them pre-plan it. I'm on the air, on the fly, as conversational as possible, learn what makes incredible people tick. And that's what, that's what I did, Rick. I created that, that, that program. And, and who the heck would know that I did that also as a chance to market my book and market my business and all of the stuff that I did. And I was doing it and it was getting a lot of attention and everybody loved this freaking show. And I'm sitting there going, wow, I go, what am I doing? What, what is, what am I doing in this show? And as the show started to grow and I started to recognize that it was something unique, the uniqueness didn't come out until very recently. The thing that did come out was that there were opportunities through podcasting for me to speak, for me to work and do some of that consulting and marketing work with some of the people I had on the show. And it gave me an opportunity to work on a craft that you and I do every day. And that is to learn through asking incredible questions. It's so I cool. state this, I state this, Rick, and, and, and that was the bell that went off when after a certain amount of time had transferred and 
I was then getting hired to speak about podcasting professionally. Think about how ironic this was. I went on the podcast to start this so that I can market my own book and talk about my connecting, which is what I speak about. But here I'm getting hired to talk about podcasting and getting paid to do so, which is mind-blowing because I'm like, that wasn't the plan. And to everybody out there, the plan isn't always the plan that you think, right? It's really, really hard because sometimes you could be so good at something that you don't even know that you're so good at it. And it's that level of talent that gets you the notoriety that you're looking for. And that's kind of what happened. And it then led to, I know that there's a message here that I have to, pun intended, connect what I'm doing upon podcasting and the lessons I learned in connecting. And that's where Speakeasy came to be. And then I figured out how we can connect in every single conversation that we have in our lives. And there's a way, not, there's, something, there's nothing you need to say and there's nothing you need to do. But what you and I know, it's how you need to be. And if you own that and learn how to speak easy, that's going to be the gift that's going to get you the business deal. It's going to get you the girl. It's going to get you the relationship you're looking for. It's going to get you the money that you're looking for investors. It's going to get you attention on the air when you're out there and you get to be on the freaking Rick Jordan show. All in, baby. <laughs> I am psyched about it. And that's the way you need to be when you can step in. So that's kind of all how it all came together. Lou, you, a nice way of, you know. Amazing. You, you pulled me in for real. Just absolutely incredible. And, and, and this isn't... <laughs> You know me, I'm authentic as hell. You know, that, that's yeah. not, that's, I mean that because ju just the direction that you took these things. And I, as you were talking about this, I was thinking back to how I started my show, right? And yeah. I, I was on a show, it was a, maybe a year and a half ago called The Binge Factor. And I don't know if you've heard oh, of it. Oh, uh, with, with, what's her name? I uh, with, um, with Tracy Hazard. Tracy Hazard. Yeah. Great. She's yeah. awesome. And she's fan. like, you're yeah. so, so bingeable and everything. And she asked me the question that was like, how did you start? You know, what made you decide you wanted a podcast? And I'm like, I hired a branding agency and they told me to do a podcast. <laughs> 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 and that was okay, it. Gotcha. She, she's like there's nothing more I'm like nope <laughs> so 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 you know what's really funny and this is a good question and, and it, there are a lot of people this is a good message for people like you know everyone's like wow look at lou wow look at rick look at all these you know over 1100 episodes between the two of them on two platforms should i should i start a show and and i and i always say to people the most important thing about not starting the show is that is this the a podcast something that you can see yourself doing first and do you think what you would make the show about is in line with your business with yeah. your brand yeah those are the first two questions and and by the way you don't necessarily need to have the answer immediately you may need to do some research to understand it but a lot of people will jump too fast and say i need one because like the marketer told me to do it and it doesn't fit uh there's a, there's a wonderful professional speaker who I, who's, I, I bow down to her because she's one of the best storytellers I've ever heard on stage, uh, Kendra Hall. Oh, yeah. And Kendra, Kendra got hired to do an amazing podcast show for uh, Success Magazine. For uh, It felt like it was like two years or, or something like yep. that, but it was a limited series. And she was really good at it. But she's a better storyteller and a better speaker. And I remember when it was done, she's like, okay, that's done with. I did the podcast and it's off and it wasn't a good fit into her platform. And there's a bunch of people who've had that and they knew that it wasn't the right fit, but they gave it a go and gave it a try, which is to your point, what all those people in the pandemic did. And I think it's pretty awesome that you should try and see, but go in with that plan. Could it be part of your brand and your business? And is it something you could see yourself doing?
Yeah. That's great advice, man, because it's, there is a little bit of the, of the wow factor, you know, cause you, you can look at a, like a Joe Rogan or, you know, or now it's Meghan Markle, I guess. <laughs> it's both of them. Both of them yeah. are, I mean, they're incredible. Both, exactly. Yeah. It, you know, it was just funny because you see the media, you know, trying to trash Joe just because it's like, oh, you know, Joe's no longer in the number one spot. Meghan Markle, you know, <laughs> took over whatever just because she launched. But it, you, you look at them and there, there is a, a little bit of an allure, you know, to something like this, you know, just like there is to an actor or an actress, you know, be, yeah. because it, there's that draw. And that wasn't, and me even saying like why I started mine and why you started yours, that wasn't even there for us. You know, taking a look at, at others and be like, oh, I want to be that. You know, yeah, we it, didn't even know what that was. Exactly. There was no that. Yeah, right well, on. Well, there, there were a couple like, I, th- I you know, like Tim Ferriss at the time was, I, he was the one that was doing a show. And talk about a difference of a podcast. For those of you who have ever listened to some of the earlier Tim Ferriss uh, interviews, they're epically long. And yeah. and by the way, it's about 40 minutes worth of commercials until you actually get to the actual content. <laughs> hitting the 15 yeah, second is. button, like like yep. your fingers getting tired to get to the <laughs> content of the interview. I apologize to all the sponsors who sponsor the, his program. Uh, but I, I I remembered at the time, I'm like, wow, this guy, this guy's got something. And these are all famous Hollywood folks and real impressive people that we love to to listen to. And I thought that was cool. Uh but I also found something really interesting. I'm sure you found this to be the case too. The famous people that you've had on your program are pretty good guests. Oh yeah. But they aren't the great guests. Right on. They aren't the ones that you uncover like, wow, holy cow, look what this guy's bringing to the table. Or wow, look what she had to say. Uh, it's the ones who, have, who you uncover and find something really unique about someone that you don't know. That it, is, it isn't just the same story because, you know, when you have somebody famous, a lot of people know their stories and, and, and where they're going to drill down on might be a project that they're working on or they're on a promotional tour as opposed to decoding exactly what makes that person tick. Yeah. And that's the stuff that kind of gets me. And that, that's the stuff I love. And I'm, I sometimes will come off from someone I don't know that came on the show. I'm like, how did I not know about this person? And I'm glad I had this person on. For sure. I remember one of my guests, her, her name was Shiggy Parker. And I, as far as I know, she still listens too. You know, she, Hello, and, Shiggy. Yeah, she, she engages with my content on social and just absolutely one of my favorite guests because not known at all anywhere, right? And I don't even know how my team found her. I, I don't remember, you know, because I have a team that goes out and tries to find great guests. And that turned into a two-parter it could have been like a like a joe rogan style if it was all in one because we could have kept going and at the end of an hour really like an hour and 10 minutes on the on the first one it, it was ending with an, and then i tried to commit suicide it was like whoa you know i mean it was good, like going through yeah but the, the story was just absolutely incredible and so relatable to literally everybody you know and, yeah. and the way she articulated herself too was just absolutely incredible still to this day one of my absolute favorite guests she's amazing i love her shiggy if you're listening i'm giving you a shout out right now because it's a but that's the thing is she was completely authentic man when she came on with, with everything just amazing <laughs> sucked me in yeah and that's and that's what you want i, I think to to the, the competitive sp- it is a competitive space let's make it clear oh, uh, yeah. we, we have don't you have this my, my big problem now in the competitive space is what to watch on streaming uh, my wife and i have this conversation constantly like okay what show or what movie do we want to watch because we are just bombarded with content and of course none of us know what channel it's on yeah. right it used to be oh that's on hbo oh that's on you know whatever now it's 
Is it on Netflix? Is it on Prime? Is it on Paramount? Is it on Peacock? <laughs> it's Apple I can't TV. keep track. Yeah, yeah. Find me, you know, when you're talking to Siri. <laughs> yeah. And now you now you just speak it into a remote control and you don't even care. It's, it's like, you remember when the important days when you used to have to know telephone numbers? Oh, yeah. You remember yeah. that? Like, it was real important. Like, oh, I know that that girl's number or I know his number or my, you know, I memorized I, this I stuff. I still remember I, some girl's phone numbers from when I was a teen, dude. <laughs> just, yeah. Th- there was some girl who th- there was written on her phone number on the, the boys that we probably should talk about then the boys bathroom <laughs> yeah. in high school. You know, no one was allowed to talk. I, d- I don't know my mom's number. <laughs> <Not joking. laughs> but, but, but I mean, like we used, we used to have to remember that <laughs> yeah. stuff. And now today we, we, we literally don't need to waste our time. Yep. Right? It'll just come right up and we'll find it. And that's, but I think that's what makes it hard. So from a podcasting point of view, there is so much great content out there and it is hard to find a lot of shows. And, and that actually bringing that back to why we ended up increasing the amount of shows over these last five, six years has been, we wanted to we recognize that not every single guest is for everybody. Not every piece of content connects with everyone. And what we wanted to do is try to find the myriad of different interests on our program to offer like, you know, menu items. Like we're trying to give the menu for the listeners to say, hey, wow, this is somebody who started up a company. This is someone who has a cause that they did. Here's someone who overcame something yeah. and is a brilliant person in resilience. I, I think we learn from each other the best things about people when they've had trouble and had to overcome something. I, I use this expression all the time. We love to connect with people that are fearless. And by fearless, I mean not void of fear, but they've moved through a certain fear or moved through an unfortunate circumstance into a place of courage. Mm. And they use that as their launch pad or their message. And I think there's a level of respect. I think there's a level of, uh, I would say, th- there's a level of wow in, in ourselves to say that's an, an awesomeness factor that we hear from someone like the guest that you have, Go Shiggy, and all these other people that we can connect to have these great stories. And we look at them and say to ourselves, this is what we will do is how can I connect with that person so I can be a part of someone's world like that? Or how can I find my own story? And that's the inspirational component of every single podcast that connects with great people. And that's what I love to do is let's find that story or that moment that people will love and people will want to draw out. Because that's what I do in every conversation I have, Rick. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. if I'm the guest on the show. It, it's in real life too. I want to learn what someone's superpower is. I want to learn what makes them unique. I want to learn how I can do business with that person and why they would want to do business with me and how we could help each other. That, that, that's what happens in, in business, right? We want to connect in conversation. That's exactly so these it. lessons, these lessons are where we can practice them and, and, and really put them on display for others to learn too. It's beautiful, isn't it? You know, I would challenge everyone because if you're going to start a podcast, maybe go into a Starbucks and sit down next to a stranger and just try to strike up a conversation for real. <laughs> so I was going to ask that question. You do everything in studio, as do I. Yeah. Have you ever had a situation where you were quote unquote off campus and you've done like on-site interviews? I have, have and that? also remote shows in, in a, yeah. like a, a hotel. You know, the, this happened. Cause, oh my gosh. Because it's a, it's it was the the tightness of my schedule in the moments, and I've done that right to where it's just been, hey, let's set it up right here. We've got one camera over there. Okay, we brought it with. It's a four K, <laughs> so we can zoom in on each individual. You know, you try to work through the equipment yep. stuff, but then it just became the hotel's like, screw it, we're just going to do it. You know, because I mean, the production of the show, there's a lot that goes into this, right? But I remember, oh, I remember oh, the days oh. when the 
when that branding agency, when I was with them using them and they're like, you need to have a podcast. And I'm like, okay, yes, yes, miss. You know, so, so I did it, but that was in their <laughs> studio. Right. But then when right. the pandemic hit and you weren't going anywhere, I'm sitting here with a blue Yeti, you know, no studio, you know, and just like threw up a TV behind me somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there it is, right? right? I got my blue, I got my blue yeah, Yeti in retirement up, up here. I put it up there. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was a like a like a six month stint of the show, yep. and and it just worked. You know, it, it literally just worked for that moment. I, I had two interviews off campus that um, I, I'll, I'll do in reverse order. One was with a famous person, and one with somebody who who should be a guest on your show because she's absolutely awesome. Uh, the, the first was with the comedian Lisa Lampanelli. Oh, and awesome. we actually we actually did that on the Caroline stage, which is where she got her start in New York City. Oh, sweet! And that was I've so we done went stand there. up on that stage. Oh, amazing! You know, it's right, right by <laughs> yeah. Broadway on Fiftieth Street. Yep. And actually, Caroline was there in the audience, and it was just it was um, ironically the other woman, Jill Schiffelbein, who who was the guest on the show, uh, who I said we'll talk about in a minute. She was filming it for me on my iPhone. Literally, that's how we recorded it. It came out really good, by the way. Yeah. And we and we had some uh and most of the audio equipment I brought, which was like this cool digital recorder, and we did it on the stage and we filmed some of it. Her little dog was with us at the time and and she was telling her whole journey and her story. And it was fun to do it on person. The video was even more engaging and funny. But the one that I did uh with Jill Schiffelmein, when I first started doing podcasts, like in the early in the first yeah. hundred episodes, we did in a restaurant, uh in New York City, because we wanted that clinking and clanking in the background. Like we wanted to make it like it was a conversation over a meal, which it was, by the way. And the hardest thing was there were these absolutely delicious French fries that the waitress put right in front of us. And it was like our our candy, our, our, our nugget at the end of the interview that we would get to. And that's all we kept talking about was how good the French fries were smelling. <laughs> but I will I will tell you, I've re-listened to that episode. It was it was engaging because you had to listen a little harder. It wasn't as sanitized as what you and I can produce and put together yeah. today. Yes, but there was some cool indie factor of it that made the conversation even more fun and uh, real in the moment, I guess. But that wasn't our lavish. It was a lot easier to do it the way we do it today. Yeah, no joke. Well, I mean, to that aspect, you know, everybody likes raw as well. And, yeah. and you know, there is something engaging. I, I was listening to, a, it was a Rogan show the other day. And, you know, because those are three hours long, but it was about maybe an hour and 15 minutes into it. They were having some technical issues, but they just kept recording, you know, yeah. so you hear them working through with the producer that's there. It's like, then just like, oh, okay, we good now? We good? Yeah, okay, we're good. And th this was <laughs> like, like, like three minutes of this and they, they didn't edit it out at all. They just kept up and that inspired me too. You know, it's like yeah. we, we do produce this amazing, gorgeous piece of heavily <laughs> heavily sanitized i like that word product by the time it's done you know to where it sounds just amazing and yet here's you know the dude that's got 11 million downloads per episode that's just like ah oh, whatever <laughs> yeah it doesn't work don't know my sponsors won't care now they'll listen to it more and by the way here we are talking about know, improving yep. their fair point right <laughs> I, I'll, I'll before we bounce off i guess the topic of pods and we'll talk about i guess connecting the last thing i'll say is to all of those who are starting their podcasts or listening to this and have a show and are thinking about doing one, can I share the secret of podcasting? Bring it. Yeah. The secret I don't of know. It, please, I want to know it. <laughs> the, the secret of podcasting, specifically when you're starting out, is initially, it doesn't matter if they listen to the podcast or not. They just need to know that the podcast happened. 
I had a, a pretty famous guest. I'll leave his name out just for, for posterity at this point. And it was one of the early episodes of Thrive Loud. And when I interviewed him, I was so pumped about it because it was a pretty cool name to have. And I it was the first time I'd ever promoted this particular episode on my own personal social media before cool. um, we do this regularly on every single form of YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and all the crazy stuff that we put everything out on. God, by the way, the fact that I have a TikTok account, my kids make fun of me, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> Dude, we're like prime age for that, 40s and 50s. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're perfect for it because yeah. we can go like this. This yep. is our physical activity is swiping up and down. Uh, so, so we end up putting the, uh, the episode out on my personal stuff and people are coming up to me and saying the following, hey, I saw you had so-and-so on your guest, on your program. I'm like, what did you think? I didn't listen to it yet. But, but I'm going to get to it. And then they'd walk off. Yep. And, and I remembered, Rick, my head was like, they're not listening to the podcast. And I could see the numbers and how many downloads and listens and all that. And I knew that it wasn't like, you know, an 11 million downloaded show like Rogan or, or Meghan Markle's 15 million, whatever it is. But what I learned was that they knew about it. Yeah. And that eventually they would listen to it. And then we said, we have to market it even more and let people know about it. And how true is that even on television today, right? Yeah, you may not see late night television, but when you're watching the lo local news before you go to sleep, you're going to learn, hey, this particular guest is on this show tonight and Meghan Markle is going to be on Jimmy Fallon or whatever it might be, right? You hear it and you know it, and then you maybe you'll check it out on YouTube the next morning, or maybe you'll check it out down the road and get the feed wherever it is. That was the secret. And that's the whole thing. So all the podcasters who are looking at all the listens and the downloads, that means nothing. It just means that you have to work on the awareness and the marketing of it because that is where people will learn about it. And then they'll eventually get to it and listen to it. And when they hear how great the show is, then they'll keep coming back. Yeah, right on. That's amazing. That's amazing points. But the same things with TV, by the way, when you start doing TV, it didn't yeah. matter that my first appearance ever was in, on NBC in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> Yeah. Just for the yeah. record, I saw you. You were yeah. wonderful. Oh, thanks. Yeah, good. But I mean, that's right. You look back at that, and this is the thing. It's like if your first try doesn't embarrass you, you you, you waited too long. But I look back at that. It's like God, I sucked. But it, it was it was okay because it was a version of myself. But at the same time, it was Albuquerque, New Mexico. But yes, the, which, by the way, you're famous there now. You know, you, yeah, I, I must must be. Yeah, me and you Walter. and the entire the you and the entire Breaking Bad. Podcast. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, like me and Walter White. Yep, <laughs> which they have statues there. By the way, I don't know if you saw that from a few. Are you few serious? Months ago. Yeah, yeah. Sony Pictures somehow worked because were, it was Sony, right? I think they worked yeah. with them that uh, erected statues in downtown Albuquerque because of how much the show did for that town for tourism. Oh my god, for tourism. Wow. Yeah, and no joke. I mean, when I went there, this was like four and a half years ago for my first TV appearance ever, right? On NBC in Albuquerque. I checked out some of the Breaking Bad locations <laughs> just to drive I, around. I, I like, would go do it too. I know. It's like, hey, there's the house. But anyways, it's, it is the same principle, you know, because it, it didn't matter. It just mattered. It's like, hey, I was just on NBC. Yeah. And that was it. When, when uh, th this book tour for Speakeasy, I was, I was in a lot of different networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, Louisville, um, just think of the towns, Louisville, yeah, the local Austin, Augusta, shows. Yeah. Michigan, Michigan. It turns out there's a new station there that there's a nine and 10. There's two channels up in there. It's like, you know, you probably know oh. this more. And, and uh, so, so I'm on a bunch of the, these shows and similar to versus being on for two and a half minutes on a, obviously a national, you'd want to be on the today show or yeah. Kelly and what a Kelly and whoever Ryan, 
uh, one of those shows where they're literally talking about your book and that's it and you're seen by millions of people. These local shows obviously have a, 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 a low number of viewers, but the conversations you have with some of these hosts are awesome. They're because awesome. A lot of them have been there for a while. Yeah. They're wonderful people. I'm going back to do a whole how to have better conversations during Thanksgiving. That's coming up, by the way, awesome. um, in, the next, in a couple of weeks. So we can talk about making the conversations a little bit more palatable and how you can connect through family members, even though having conversations about certain topics are very sticky these days. Uh, they want to talk about the speakeasy Thanksgiving is a lot of the topics we're, we're marketing and pitching. So you'll see me in your local smaller network. And who knows, maybe I'll be lucky enough to be in Albuquerque. In Albuquerque, yeah. <laughs> I still know the anchor from back then too. She's not there anymore, but I'll connect you with her. Maybe ah, she's doing something yeah. fun now. But you, you mentioned cool. uh, as you talk about your book, you know, because that's mm -hmm. awesome, right? Speakeasy at Thanksgiving. Maybe that's a segment. I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> maybe they're gonna, yeah, that'd be great. Include your book. Was there a correlation there between like a, a bar <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the great question. So, um, in the book, there actually is a bartender that navigates you through the speakeasy. For those who aren't familiar, about a hundred years ago, uh, the speakeasies were called that because the proprietors, it was during prohibition. You probably were serving things you weren't allowed to serve at that particular point. And everyone in the bars needed to speak easy. So the cops couldn't hear where that certain secret location was. Usually they were behind storefronts. Or they were, you know, in back hidden halls in different places. By the way, I'm pretty sure the cops knew where they were, but that's of course they did. Yep. So that's where the speakeasy name came from. And that was kind of the concept that we wanted with a little bit of a punt on the name. And that is that we wanted to let people into this secret club so that they know how they can connect with these conversations. That there's a group of people like yourself and me and other great conversationalists around the world who are using a lot of the skills and tips and techniques that we have in our speakeasy that we mix together into really cool concoctions that you can use as a playbook so that you can have great conversations too. So yes, we not only use the speakeasy name, there is a special bark cart section at the end of the book, which is filled with conversational flights, Rick Jordan. And those conversational flights are certain unique menu items of conversations that we all have that are a little bit hard to mix together. And we give you the ingredients of what you need to bring to the table. Remember I said, it's how you need to be. So let's just use our favorite drink on the menu is the 800 pound gorilla. That's the uncomfortable conversation. How do you deal with, you know, maybe having to let somebody go or talking about something, someone personal, it's a difficult conversation. Well, you might need to bring a shot of gumption, a dash of nerve, a little splash of passion, and four cup, four cup chaser of deal with it because that's probably the thing that you need <laughs> yeah. to do right then and there. Yep. So that's what we put together into the speakeasy mix. So it's it's flavored throughout the pun within it. Not overdone too much, just enough so that it, love it. you get the same message with it. And the bartender's name is? There, it's, it's actually this hidden bartender we don't give a name to. Oh, but if okay. I would give one, it probably would have been like, um, Lucky McDiamonds, because that's the name I use on St. Patrick's Day, because that's the day that everybody becomes Irish. And, and yep. you know, and I actually spent many, uh, I lived in Chicago for two years, so I spent, well, at least two, well, one St. Patrick's Day that I can remember, another one that I believe I was there and not exactly sure what happened, might have ended up in the green water of the Chicago River. It's possible. <laughs> Rumors happen. Mid-90s. Fantastic. This is pre-phone and before TikTok, hopefully. Right on. Nobody knows now. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nobody could. <laughs> Nobody could. That's beautiful, man. I love the concept of the book. You know, it's uh, it's one that's in audible for me right now. Or I'm, yeah, it's uh, it's on my list. I'm waiting for another credit. <laughs> and, and you're gonna you you yeah. personally are gonna love the end of it. I know you're in Chicago, and we talked about this. That uh, Adrian Bankert, who is on News yeah. Nation, I know you're you're on there often and, and been interviewed by she's her. Brilliant. She and I, yeah, uh, she's 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 such an incredible soul, and we have a great conversation about conversations. And it's a little, uh, and it's an it's an after dinner aperitif, if you would, on the Speak It Easy audio book. So you'll enjoy it. That's beautiful. ThriveLoud.com. That's where everybody can go and thrive loud on Instagram and. To- Drive out everywhere. Speakeasy is available on Amazon and I'm assuming everywhere. Yeah, you can go to speakeasybook.com and like it that. is available everywhere we sell your books. So. Lou, amazing conversation, my man. I appreciate you. I think I did too much of the talking. I don't know. Maybe next time I'll do a little more listening. Oh, wait, I, we did. That was your episode. Exactly. I was just going to say that was just a couple weeks ago, right? <laughs> we we should just first. mix the two together and make it into one <laughs> super thing. But no, on a, on a serious note, to your listeners, thank you for having me. Uh, you continue success to you, man. Uh, you'll be at 800 before you know it. And at that point, I'll either be in the ground or there'll be 1,600 <laughs> episodes or something like that. Same, brother. Thanks, Lou, for coming on, my man. You're awesome. You got it. Thanks for having me. Ray.